Welcome to KC Corner, episode 143. Football season is over. But you know what? What a way to go out. Oh, yeah. What fantastic game. game. Mm-hmm. You know, you want a Super Bowl to be fantastic, and it was. So. High scoring, you know, back and forth. Yeah, could Had go great friends way. over here at your house. It was a good time. It was. It was really a great King's Chapel celebration. A lot mm-hmm. of King's Chapel folks had tons of food. Fire pit was going, mm-hmm. you know, uh, TV outside, inside. It was awesome. Yeah, I may have overindulged in some chili, the, the famous <laughs> Costco chili that was here. So was I, I had a few bowls of that, some sausage cheese balls. It was great. Uh, it was, it was, it was really good. Yeah, you know, I had a little bit. I had wings. I had a little bit of pasta. You just kind of go through the kitchen and, like, graze Grace. a little bit. Yeah. You never really have, like, a plate of yours. It's like, oh, I kind of want a wing, a little bit of chili, you <laughs> know, a little bit of food here and there. Your stomach's like, what? what? Like your stomach, yeah. Not, and then I've topped it off with a cinnamon roll at the end. Oh, my so. Gosh, those things are incredible. Yeah, stomach didn't know what's going on. Well, it was back to back. You know, Sunday Super Bowl, then Monday we went out to dinner for Valentine's, and mm-hmm. uh, first time in many years went to Christner's. Mm-hmm. And so, oh, yeah. uh, you know, I, I've been trying to uh, watch what I eat and try to be a little bit more disciplined, and mm-hmm. had done pretty well. And uh, I think I put uh, like three or four pounds on in the mm-hmm. last couple. Of days. There's rumors <laughs> you went with the fillet uh, two oh, nights ago. Exactly, oh, that was yeah. very good. Oh yeah, oh, that's good stuff there. That's that's the good stuff. Pittsburgh style, a little melted cheese. It's oh awesome. yeah, just delicious. <laughs> food so food good. podcast yeah, now. That's exactly. what we're talking about all day. <laughs> Man, it's, that's that's my language of love. <laughs> well, but, we can uh, get we can get to the good stuff now, though. Uh, we can start off in Matthew as we do, and we had for this past week Matthew thirteen through fifteen, verse twenty, uh, and very parable heavy in the beginning. That's really sure. parable heavy, and you know, thirteen starts what they call the uh, the parables of the kingdom, and. Jesus is kind of telling us what the kingdom of heaven is all about. And uh, a lot of interesting teaching. I mean, sometimes he gives more details, like the parable of the of the uh, seed that falls in different soils. Mm-hmm. You know, he goes back and he tells the disciples exactly what it is, you know, and, and what, as he's preaching, why is the word responding by some? Why do some seem to respond and fall away? And the world chokes out their, their interest and, why does some bear fruit? And it's just uh, the gospel is going to bear fruit. So that that's 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 really cool. I, mean, I, I love that stuff. And and I like too. They'll ask like after his little sermon or when he's talking to people like, "Hey, uh, what were we talking about out yeah, there?" Yeah, yeah. So, what was so I just picture about? them like kind of huddled together while he's talking while Jesus is talking to the crowds. And they're like, "What's he saying?" Like, yeah, I don't yeah. know what he's saying. What what is this? What does this actually mean? And so, <laughs> but some really interesting things like the parable of the wheat uh, and the weeds or, or the wheat and tares mm-hmm. that. Hey, you know, good stuff is going to grow alongside bad stuff. We live in a world right now where good and evil are are right side by side. And don't be surprised. And he's not getting rid of all the evil until the harvest comes. And then that will happen. And and, and again, even that faith is like a mustard seed. And that's like the kingdom of, of, of God. It's like the mustard seed that's so small and yet it grows. And you think of how much the kingdom of God has grown. I mean, since Jesus said this to such a small number of people who heard it and now mm-hmm. worldwide in the mm-hmm. kingdom of God and even in the Super Bowl the commercial you know he gets us I mean mm-hmm. that kingdom expands but of all the kingdom parables what I love Brooks is when he compares it uh, to the uh, this hidden treasure the kingdom of, of heavens like the hidden treasure or this pearl of great value it is so amazing sell everything you have to make sure you get it and mm-hmm. it's it's like a relationship with Jesus to know our, our God, to be called out of darkness into his marvelous light and the, and the kingdom of light. Um, you know, it's, it's, there's nothing in the world that can compare to it. And so, it, you know, 
make sure your priorities are such that that is such value. That is such treasure that Mm -hmm. dump it all to get him. Yeah, it's just two back-to-back verses I'll read there. The kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field, which a man found and covered up. Then in his joy, he goes and sells all that he has and buys that field. And then the second one being, again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant in search of fine pearls, who on finding one pearl of great value went and sold sold all that he had and bought it. That's incredible. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, just nothing else compares, and that's really it. So, mm-hmm. love it. And then, you know, interesting story out of John 14. I mean, sad. Mm-hmm. It's uh, it's John the Baptist beheaded. And, you know, really, it was a tip for a stripper. I mm-hmm. mean, you know, you know, there the uh, uh, Herod's uh, being, you know, entertained. Um, some chick comes in and dances for mm-hmm. him. And then, you know, hey, what do you want? I'm going to give you so much. I'll get, you know, ask her mom. Hey, what do you think I should get? Give me John the Baptist's head on a platter. And it's like, oh, what a way to go. And it's, and you know, from that story, um, it's interesting to see Jesus respond. I mean, he hears about his cousin is, mm-hmm. you know, uh, John the Baptist, and he wants to withdraw. And he wants to get away to a desolate place. It says, uh, you know, I think it was a remote place or some kind of desolate place. And, mm-hmm. and he wants to go to a private place. I think there was a translation I had. But by the time he gets there, it's not private because everybody's <laughs> following him, you know, and every, there's, there's this huge crowd. But what I love is this. Jesus is clearly affected uh, by John the Baptist's death that he wants to go mourn. He doesn't have the opportunity to because by the time he gets to that remote place, it's not remote. Mm-hmm. Everybody's there. But I love what scripture says. He saw the people and he had compassion on them. Mm-hmm. And, you know... As a pastor, there's times where, like, I just don't want my phone to ring. I don't want any text. I don't want to see anybody. I mean, today's my day off. Can I just get away? And if something comes in, you're like, oh, darn, you know. But And then, you know, he's healing them. And he's like, hey, by the way, we got to feed these guys. Mm-hmm. And uh, um, so I, I love the fact that the disciples are like, hey, send them away. They're, you know, they, they're getting hungry. They got to go get something to eat. He's like, oh, you feed them. Mm-hmm. You feed. You do the impossible. You feed them. All we got is five loaves and two fish. All right, bring it to me, whatever you have. This is such a good reminder, Brooks. He gives us what we have. He can do it. Whatever you have, bring it to me. What does he do? He breaks it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then he gives, distributes it. And man, 5,000 are fed, which is incredible. Yeah, it kind of shows the human <clears throat> human emotion of him, um, obviously, grieving the loss. And says that he goes to a desolate place and uses that term desolate twi- twice. Yeah. And like you said, you know, these people now need to be fed. They followed him there, but they realized, hey, we need some dinner or something. And we're in exactly. a desolate place with no food. So he was able to provide that. And, you know, what a setup. I mean, just for him to be able to feed them uh, in that desolate place uh, as the true bread of life. And, and that's just amazing. Mm-hmm. And then isn't it interesting what he does afterwards? It says he put the, like, the disciples, he makes them get in the boat. Like, mm-hmm. you guys go on ahead. I got to go pray. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm going to spend some time with the Father. And, I, and again, he's setting up another scene that's amazing. I mean, so when they were quite some distance off, he's like, okay. He walks on water and then the... the uh, Disciples think it's a ghost. They're all terrified. Mm-hmm. But then one of the most beautiful things mm-hmm. is Peter. You know, he's like, oh my God, goodness. Jesus, if that is you, wouldn't you say, call my name? Wouldn't you say, so, call me out on the water? I mean, who, who thinks of that? I mean, it's one of those Peter moments. It's like, hey, Lord, if that's you, can you tell us that's you and we're okay? But he's like, no, if that's you, uh, call me out on the water. 
And uh, he gets out of the boat. I mean, Peter has the faith to get out of the boat and he walks on water. And now everybody quickly says that he sinks because he takes his eyes off of Jesus. So true. Mm -hmm. It says he sees the wind. Brooks, how do you see the wind? You see the effects of the wind, but Mm -hmm. you don't see the wind, right? But it says he sees the wind. He takes his eyes off of Jesus. He sinks. Jesus cries out. Jesus saves him and then rebukes him for having little faith. But I want to say, wait a minute. He's the only dude that had faith. Mm -hmm. And his faith was crazy. If that's you, call (laughs) me out on the water. But he walked on water. I mean, Peter, that's just so Peter. I mean, yeah, you were such a knucklehead that you took your eyes off of Jesus and you almost drowned and he had to save you. But you walked on water, man. You got out of the boat. It was incredible. And so uh, anyway, it's a it's it's a it's a great, great story. That definitely shows Peter's uh, characteristics there and personality of like very quick to, to speak, um, not very quick yeah. to think like you always say. And just, you know, him wanting to just be, be with Jesus and walk on water with him. <laughs> It's just, I just, I just wish there's some things you just wish you could see. Mm-hmm. I mean, just him climbing out of the boat. What were the other disciples doing? Hey, dude, dude, what are you doing? <laughs> you, know, you know, yo, Peter, you know, oh, yeah. or, or, or they like, oh my gosh, here he goes again. Or, yeah. I, I gotta Everyone has one of those friends. It's like, no, 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 please don't do this. Please don't do this. Exactly. But you're kind of like hoping he does because you want to see what happens. <laughs> yeah, so. As you pull out your phone, like to record him. <laughs> exactly. No, dude, seriously, don't yeah, do exactly. this. This is going to go viral. Oh my goodness. They would have pulled out their phones. It would have mm-hmm. gone viral. And I think, you know, it wraps up with 15 where he's, Jesus confronts the religious people, the Pharisees about, you know, washing hands before you eat and all this external religion that's garbage compared to really the most important things, our hearts and what makes us truly clean. But mm-hmm. great stuff. Yeah. And kind of in the beginning, talking about uh, sowing the different seeds, he ends this too with every plant that my heavenly father has not planted will be uh, rooted up yeah. and kind of going back to those seeds of the harvest of you don't want to pull up the roots before the the crop is done growing. You got to pull it up all at once and harvest yeah. it at once. It's really good. And I, th- I think it lets us understand oftentimes we want to say, God, what are you doing? You know, how can you let this grow? And, and you, we probably don't say it that way, but how can you let this happen? How, mm-hmm. how can this be alongside us and make our life miserable? But he knows what he's doing. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, we can move on to Acts, and it's kind of following uh, Paul on his journey here, and he goes to a couple different places. I know we wanted to hit um, what what he was doing in Ephesus. There. Yeah, I mean, he, he leaves uh, Corinth, spent a lot of time in Corinth, pretty mm-hmm. amazing. There's a lot of information about that, but he goes to Ephesus. I think he spends a couple of years there, he's, and he's inside this hall. He preaches inside this hall and also in homes, and I mean... It's, I don't know how this all worked, but it was apparently such great work that anything kind of that touched him was healed. I mean, mm-hmm. it was, talk about the anointing of the Holy Spirit being all over him. But here's, here's the impact. The gospel was having such an impact. It was affecting the economy of those who were making idols. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's this guy named Demetrius, the silversmith, was losing good coin. I mean, mm-hmm. he was ticked saying, man... This Jesus is being preached. Paul is preaching him all over the place. And now people are no longer buying these idols. I'm losing my business. And he starts a riot. Mm-hmm. And he wants to remind people, hey, wait a minute. This is Ephesus. And here, this uh, this this goddess supposedly fell out of heaven. This great uh, Artemis. Mm-hmm. And aren't we, uh, isn't Artemis of the Ephesians the great thing? And so he gets a riot going where... People start chanting for two hours. They don't even know why they're upset. But for, for two hours, they are chanting. 
you know, greatest Artemis of the Ephesians. Can you imagine for two hours, Brooks? I mean, that's a long chant. Mm-hmm. And they go into this this amphitheater, this theater, and it, and it's and it's such a crazy crowd. They're worried, uh-oh, the Romans are going to come and, and, and we're going to get in trouble. But I tell you all that to say, you go to Ephesus today, it's really, really cool. Brooks, mm-hmm. I hope you can go. I mean, there's a two-story library. It's just a shell of a library that's still mm-hmm. standing. And you could see the terracotta pipes that pump in warm and cold water i mean the amount of of infrastructure in Mm -hmm. ephesus and apparently at one time it was a port city it's no longer the water has gone back you can't see it as much but that theater is still there i mean it's like Mm -hmm. an amphitheater and and most of the towns like that have one you go and you find a place where they would gather Mm -hmm. and you read acts 19 in that theater and mm-hmm. i've done it a few times and it's just it's again it's it's the bible going from black to white to color mm-hmm. and uh um yeah it's it's pretty amazing stuff well thinking about greece and greek mythology and how serious they took their gods and goddesses and everything for then a guy to kind of start to convert people and people not believe it anymore you know the, the economy was built kind of on those uh mythological creatures exactly and it's it's uh it was had such an impact and you wonder Lord, isn't that the impact? You know, the, let's go back to the kingdom of heaven is like this, uh, the mustard seed. You know, mm-hmm. it's got to grow. It's got to have an impact. It's got to, and, uh, you know, right now I don't see the growth uh, around us the way I'd long to see. But, yeah, but the impact that it's supposed to have on everything, you know, the economy, people's hearts, obviously. So, mm-hmm. yeah, and then Paul's going to go to Jerusalem and he knows it's not going to go well for him in Jerusalem. <laughs> and, and a lot of folks try to keep him from going and, you know, prophesy that, hey, Paul, man, this is going to be a, a bad gig. But he's, you know, when you're, when you're called by God and you know it, you got to go do it. Mm-hmm. It's pretty cool. He says, for I am ready not only to be imprisoned, but even to die in Jerusalem for the name of the Lord Jesus. Yeah. So I'd say pretty confident in himself. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> or I'm pretty confident in what he's doing. <laughs> and he's not going to die in Jerusalem, but he's going to be used powerfully there, which is pretty cool. That is that is absolutely the truth. Well, we can move on to the Psalms now. We are in Psalms uh, 30 through 35, I Th- believe. Th- yeah, 30 through 35. Mm-hmm. So some of the really beautiful ones. and. You know, 30 reminds us that weeping uh, may come at night, but, mm-hmm. but there's going to be joy in the morning. And it's just a hope that there's going to be seasons um, of our lives of, of uh, I know you just lost your, let's see, she, your, uh, your, your grandpa's sister. sister. So it's an mm-hmm. aunt. Is that a great I'm an only child. I don't really know how family <laughs> trees work, to be completely honest. But, you know, I, I know I talked to your grandpa yesterday and there was some a real sadness. I mean, mm-hmm. he right now is the, uh, the last one standing, so mm-hmm. to speak, you know, and, and there are, is weeping, but there with Christ, with the one who's conquered sin and death, we know that there's always joy in the morning. There's mm-hmm. always there's always going to be a, a, a corner that's turned. I mean, the where we sit in the, the brokenness is gonna. He's making all things new. So that's that's cool. Psalm thirty. Yeah, and, and so far in the Psalms reading it, it, the major theme has been David crying out for help over and over and over again. Yeah. Which is weird because when you read the Old Testament about him, he's a mighty warrior. Yeah. You know, you don't picture him as always crying out for help. He's slaying Goliath and, the, yeah. and a king and everything yeah. and this mighty warrior. But in all these Psalms, he's crying out for help. Man, it's full of emotions. It's so it's so cool. And then Psalm 31, what I love is that it, it's, uh, into your hand I commit my spirit. And Jesus quotes that on the cross. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and I love the fact there's a few places that he quotes of scripture even on the cross so into your hands i commit my spirit 
you know, that's David saying uh, to his father, uh, mm-hmm. Heavenly Father, hey, my life, I, I, I just going to commit my, my, my soul, my, everything that's important to me, I'm going to give it to you. Mm-hmm. And Jesus does it on the cross. And then later in that psalm, it says, my times are in your hands. And so I love when I read Psalm 31, I think of uh, uh, his hands. Into your hands, I commit my spirit because you have redeemed me. So I usually say, okay, into your nail pierced hands because you redeem me through the piercing of your hands and mm-hmm. feet on the cross. But my timers are in your hands as well. And it just, Lord, uh, those hands, those sacred hands, I'm going to commit my my spirit, my soul, my time. It's all yours. And yeah, that's uh, that's what I, I love of Psalm 31. Yeah, and it says, be gracious to me, O Lord, for I am in distress. Just please, please take it easy on me. Yeah, please, yeah. please have uh, mercy on me. I am in distress. <laughs> that, that's a that's a heavy, heavy deal. Mm-hmm. And then you turn the corner of the 32 and, oh man, please folks, read Psalm 32. It's all like... Blessed is the one whose transgressions are forgiven. Mm-hmm. Blessed is the one uh, whose sin, uh, uh, whose transgressions are forgiven, whose sin is covered. Mm-hmm. And it just is, uh, blessed is the one who the Lord counts no iniquity uh, in him. I mean, it just, man, the blessedness of forgiveness, the mm-hmm. blessedness of being in Christ, that there is no condemnation. And I, 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 when I read that psalm, my soul is just singing, saying, I'm forgiven, I'm loved, I'm free. It's so good. Mm-hmm. Confess your sins and go to the Lord with your iniquities. Yeah. And he says, when I didn't confess my sin, like my bones were wasting away, you know, mm-hmm. and I don't, I don't know Brooks in your life, if you've had unconfessed sin, you know, that God is dealing with you, but there's been times in my life where, you know, he's put his, his hand upon me. He's like, okay, bro, it's time for you to, 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 to deal with this. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, it's, it's a weight. I mean, mm-hmm. there, there's been before that I've, been on the floor, just mm-hmm. like, okay, Lord, forgive me, you know. Um, uh, but to know that forgiveness is so beautiful. And let me let me jump uh, uh, to 34 with mm-hmm. that, because in Psalm 34, it says, This poor man cried, and the Lord heard his cry and saved him out of all of his troubles. And what I love about that is not only God is saving us, but I know that my mom told me that was the psalm that was my grandfather's favorite psalm. Mm-hmm. And he was a poor man who came to know Jesus. And I know that salvation came into my family line through my mom, through that psalm. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I, I cry out, this poor man cries out too. And I'm like, God, thank you that the heritage, may my kids and my grandkids cry out. Thank you for hearing us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm looking here. Come, come, O children, listen to me. I will teach you the fear of the Lord. What man is there who desires life and loves many days that he may see good? Yeah. And just, just beautiful words there. I did want to jump back to 33 and uh, me being a, a, a nature boy and love yeah. being outside talks about uh, let all the earth fear, fear the Lord. Let all the inhabitants of the world stand in awe of him. Just picturing mm-hmm. him as a mighty God, creator of everything, yeah, you know, beautiful mountains and oceans and everything. And you know, and, it, and that, that's a theme that goes throughout some of the Psalms, which I just love. So, um, and <laughs> as we ping pong back, back in 34, <laughs> you know, taste and see that the Lord is good is in that, which is so good, but also, um, many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers them from, from, from them all. Mm-hmm. And it's just good to know that, hey, there, the many are the afflictions of the righteous. If we're, we're following after God, it's not an easy life. There's mm-hmm. many afflictions. So there's many trials. There's many, you know, difficulties. But gosh, we're going to be delivered from them all, thank God. And that's because Psalm 35, the last thing I'll say is, 
is that God is a warrior. And I, and I just love this. You know, he, he's going to say, starts off, contend, Lord, with those who contend with me. Fight against those who fight against me. Take hold of the shield and the buckler and draw the spear and the javelin. And to me, that's both offense and defense. The mm-hmm. shield and buckler are both things you hold up on defense. And mm-hmm. then the, the spear and the javelin against my pursuers, those are those are things of offense. And I love it. God is a warrior, and he's the one who fights for us, contends for us, uh, stands in uh, for us in battles and the ultimate ring of sin and death. So, Yahoo. Yahoo. The, the Psalms are great, aren't they? Yeah, they're Psalms, great. Psalms are great. They're awesome. <laughs> they really are. They're awesome. So, uh, and then, then we go into the law. Mm-hmm. You know, oh, yeah. A, straight into the law. Yeah. We had a lot going on in Exodus this week. Oh, my. <laughs> well, you know, you got the Ten Commandments and, and that, that whole deal. And then you have uh, that, that golden calf uh, whole mm-hmm. craziness. And, yeah. And, so and while, while Moses is up on the mountain getting the Ten Commandments and all of the laws that you can go through in there. So we're in Exodus, what is it, 19 through 33 this week. Yeah. He goes up to the mountain, gets the Ten Commandments delivered to him, talking about Moses gets all of the laws of the people delivered to him. And while this is all happening, the Israelites down there are like, yo, where's Moses? Like, yeah. and, and they ask uh, uh, Aaron. Aaron to make a, a calf for them, a golden calf, yeah. a, an idol to worship. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. where is he? And, he, and what does he say? Oh, they, I, I put it in a fire and this came out. <laughs> what? We threw all the gold in there and out came like a golden calf that we worshiped. It was so weird. It's crazy. And he would bring it to the people. Hey, here, this this is your God who brought you out mm-hmm. of, of, of Egypt. And, and uh you know, how horrific, uh, how quickly we are sinful. And, you know, I'm going to go back up and say 19. It's interesting. He says, if you keep covenant, God makes his promise. You're going to be my treasured possession. Mm-hmm. You're going to be a kingdom of, of, of uh, a holy nation, a kingdom of priests, uh, uh, you know, special people from me. And I love the fact that Peter calls us that. I mean, so here's here's a description of God's people uh, in the Old Testament that he kind of retreads uh, mm-hmm. in a beautiful way to say us that we are a holy nation we are a royal priesthood you know we are a people belonging to god and and uh i just love that i don't know what verse or chapter it was in but i did have it in my notes it said the people were afraid of god and wanted moses to speak to them instead of god for fear they would die just thinking about uh that that would be kind of frightening having having god speak to you like hey can you moses can you yeah, talk yeah. to us instead yeah yeah, yeah that, that's a little scary coming out of and he was on the mountain and all the fire and smoke and all the noise they heard but i think what that really says great insight brooks is that we, we need sinful man needs a mediator. I mean, mm-hmm. holy God, it's not safe for us to go into a consuming fire uh, without one who protects us. And Moses is a type of Christ that is stands between holy God and uh, uh, the people. And mm-hmm. so they're, they're like, hey, we, we need this mediator. Moses, you talk to him and tell him, tell us what he says. And you know, uh, I think, was it in the reading this week also where he goes back on the mountain and he speaks such face-to-face that his face is radiant mm-hmm. and uh, he would have to veil his face so the people uh, uh, wouldn't see um, mm-hmm. that that beaming. It, it's just very interesting. But what I also love, I mean, you get the Ten Commandments, how practical I and mean, mm-hmm. how amazing. I mean, you could spend forever on that. But there's a lot of different laws that mm-hmm. it's almost like, okay, you know, if you borrow an ox and this happens and if you hit somebody unintentionally, this mm-hmm. is that, but it's so practical Brooks and you see the value of life. You see the value of, of if you take a life, you know, they're, they're, if it's first degree murder, I mean, you owe a life. Mm-hmm. And if it's, 
just manslaughter. Well, you got to make a payment. You know, you got to make make things right. And to me, it shows how practical God is and mm-hmm. how His laws are, are so understanding. I mean, he, they're the living community, and He's got to give them rules. We need rules. He doesn't want chaos. He hates chaos. He's driving out chaos to give us law and order because that's who our God is. He's a God of law and order. And we think about what's happening today. It's scary stuff. We've thrown away the Ten Commandments. We've thrown away the law, and so where we go. Some of the laws in there, obviously, kind of specific to that time, talking about ox or sheep. But you know, it is like you said, the introduction of uh, manslaughter, or you know, do not steal, or any of these kind of laws. So I'll read a couple of them here, so you guys get an idea of: if a man steals an ox or a sheep and kills it or sells it, he shall repay five oxen for an ox and four sheep for a sheep. And then one more, if a, fee- if a thief is found breaking in and is struck so that he dies, there shall be no blood guilt for him. So, yeah, yeah if someone steals from stand you, you, yeah, stand your ground. Stand so your ground. When you read it first, it's like, okay, this is kind of weird talking yeah. about thieves and stealing sheep. But when you yeah. break it down, I'm like, okay, if someone is trying to steal from you, you have to stand your ground and protect yourself. But there was a penalty to it. If you, if you, you got to pay back. I mm-hmm. mean, there, there, there is a payback. You know, it's like, uh, make sure retribution, make sure that you're, 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 you're making up. I mean, it was, it was a, a it was enough of a uh, penalty to hopefully get people to be a deterrent. But, you know, there's a cool thing too in Exodus 21 where um, God wants to make sure that his people are not enslaved, mm-hmm. especially by his own people. So when you got into debt and you had to put yourself in slavery, so to speak, mm-hmm. uh, financially indebted to somebody, um, there was a term on that. You couldn't go more than six years. Mm-hmm. You know, in the seventh year, he's got to be released. Mm-hmm. But there's really this interesting story where where someone says, I love my master and I want to serve him. Mm-hmm. We'll take him and pierce his ear and he'll, he'll be forever yours. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I remember in my youth ministry days, there was a song we would sing of pierce my ear, God. I want to forever be yours. You, mm-hmm. you, I don't ever want to leave you. And it's a it's just one of those random, interesting stories that you read that seems so far away from us. Like, okay, this guy had to serve this guy. He doesn't want to leave. He loves what he's providing for him. So, you know, let me get a tattoo. Let me get mm-hmm. a let me get an ear pierce that says, I'm all in. I'm all yours. Yeah. First time I read this, you know, it's a little wordy and there's a lot of laws. And it's just sentence after sentence, yeah. law, law, law. But now kind of scanning through makes a whole lot more sense. So definitely yeah. say, you know, skim through the Exodus 20s and then go back and read it fully. And it starts to make sense for yeah. sure. It does. And it's, and again, God is giving his people at a time of, a wandering community, how you were supposed to live and how, not only how you're supposed to live with the laws, but how you're supposed to worship with mm-hmm. a lot of things like they're living in tents. I want a tent, you know, mm-hmm. make me a tabernacle. And, and by the way, the people who stand before me, the priest, you know, there's, there's very specific things that God is going to prescribe mm-hmm. of how he wants to be worshiped. Uh, there's something called, uh, uh the, uh, uh, oh my gosh. Uh, the regulative principle mm-hmm. in which where God uh, is God and we don't we don't tell God how we worship him he tells us and mm-hmm. so you know there's a lot of detail and then ultimately we'll see through Jesus we worship God through him he mm-hmm. is that mediator and he gives let's just call out Abba Father but all that to say Man, it gets interesting of how you ordain the priest, mm-hmm. the blood that they put on their ear, their earlobe, and on mm-hmm. their toe, and on their thumb. I mean, they represent the blood of the covenant, and it's uh, a lot of stuff you scratch your head about. But I think through all of that, it's like God wants to be with his people. He says, build me a temple, or, 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 a, a tent, 
I want to I want to journey with you. You get our intent. Mm-hmm. God's created us to worship Him. He says, "Okay, make sure that you know there's incense burning, like prayers that are always there, and that the bread that's there. I mean, make sure that the lamps look this way, and just make sure there's this holy of holies." But again, Jesus is going to come and fulfill all of that, so we can have access right to Him anytime. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, I, I loved what it said about the the priest garments of, and you shall make holy garments for Aaron and your Aaron your brother for glory and for beauty. And yeah. then it kind of goes into detail of all the jewelry that they have, the blue and purple colors that robes that he's supposed to wear, and it's for glory but also for beauty and kind of separate them. God loves beauty, mm-hmm. and you know, and twice I believe on on his shoulders and on his chest mm-hmm. he represents all the tribes names yep. you know it's like i'm representing all the people you know there they are all covering my heart and they're also on my shoulders that the lord can see as if he can't see everything but mm-hmm. you know um yeah it's it's really cool and then even on his forehead it's holy unto the lord you mm-hmm. know it's, it's like uh Wow, what what an incredible symbol! Yeah, incredible detail that they go through with the laws, and then get into the tabernacle and the priest's uh, garments, and that, that, that's for sure. And how about putting bells on the priest's garments in mm-hmm. case they go into the holies of holies and God wipes them out, <laughs> so they know that oh, oh the bell stopped ringing. He's down. Mm-hmm. We got a high priest down. Man down. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we got to drag him out. And so, uh, yeah, incredible stuff. Incredible stuff. I think that's all we got for for our Bible reading this week. Anything you want to close with? That was good. And and thank you. And and listen, thanks for listening, folks. And we hope and pray that that God will use, in a a way, our little uh, digging into this to help find some gold for you all. So, hey, we started a new sermon series. We did, in Colossians. Uh, Yeah, the gospel truth. So uh, can't wait to to journey through this. And, um, you know, gospel is truth. And uh, the truth is the gospel. And the gospel is filled with grace. And so... You know, and that's all found in Jesus. Uh, and I love it because Paul's excited. Although he didn't plant this church, he's like, "Man, you guys are you guys are faithful. You guys, mm-hmm. you guys have this faith in Jesus Christ. You have love for one another, and and you have hope in what's to come. And that triad of uh, faith, hope, and love. And mm-hmm. and, uh, um, and just to me, I so much wanted just to uh, be able to preach." That the gospel's true, and mm-hmm. this is this is God's truth. And the gospel is just the gospel of grace, and mm-hmm. grace always precedes faith. It always accompanies it. It always is it undergirds everything we have. So, yeah. And the and the part the two that healthy things grow and multiply. That yeah. that's what they're supposed to do, and that's kind of the natural thing that happens. And he says, you know, this growth. You know, the gospel's to bear fruit and multiply, but it's also to mature. We're supposed to grow in it too. So, mm-hmm. and that's really let me lead into this week. This week is going to be more like. If this is true, and it really starts off that way, you know, because of the gospel being true, bear fruit. And we're going to talk about what is the gospel bearing fruit in our life really look like. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, that's all I have this week. Any Um, other KC updates before we go? You know, I know we had the Super Bowl party. Uh, We had a big luncheon. So uh, a lot of good stuff coming. My mind went blank. (laughs) (laughs) Go go to your KC group. So there we go. Exactly. There you go. (laughs) And come to church on Sunday. Love to have you. So... We'll see you guys soon. All right, Brooksy. Blessings.